Welcome to the Pursue Whole Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Maurer, and in this podcast, I share my insights as a leadership coach and former therapist. I sit down with some of the highest level leaders in business, entertainment, and human performance to help you pursue wholeness in your work, life, and relationships. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are in the middle of our four-part series on relational dysfunctions and how to bring wholeness to our relationships at work and within our own personal life. And today I'm with Kim again. Kim, welcome. It's good to be back. Today we're talking about type three, which we have defined as the pinch. And within this relationship, a relationship has started out naturally pretty healthy and has healthy dynamics, but the stressors of life, whether it be kids or family or things at work, become a wedge in between this naturally pretty healthy relationship and divide it. So let's talk about this, Kim. What does this type, type three, the pinch, look like? Yeah, so reiterating what you just said, uh, there are stressors or complexities in a relationship that make these two people grow in opposite directions of one another, leaving them feeling disconnected. And oftentimes, they have gone to the place where they forget how to connect with one another. And these relationships start on a good foundation. They actually really like each other oftentimes. They enjoy each other. But there are a lot of these complexities and stressors of life where maybe it's two years or five years or 10 years where they have this kind of wake up moment where they wake up and they look at each other and they say, oh my gosh, like we're not connected anymore like we used to be. Um, this happens a lot when you know kids leave the home and then you have these empty nesters being like, wow, we were really close at the beginning of our marriage, but as our kids have aged and gone through this whole process, we don't feel close anymore connected. Um, this type also has a really difficult time saying no to the demands and needs of other people. So what happens is instead of having an essentialism perspective, they take in so much into life that it just gets flooded and they lose a sense of purpose and meaning and direction on where are we going as a couple and as a family or as a team. And that takes over and creates this this wedge between their natural, you know, healthy relationship. Yeah, there's an element of that disconnection where they wake up and they say, I don't really know this person anymore, which is probably true. On some level, they're living in a past relationship and they haven't spent the time to um, we talked about in the last episode, relationships that are a bit more back-to-back. This relationship, they just have always been so side-to-side that they're going through life, they're going on the same road in a lot of ways, but they haven't ever checked in going face-to-face and saying, where are you? Are we still liking this path that we're on? Uh, what's changed for you? What's new? Yeah. And how do we arrive at this place? What in our story sets us up to be predisposed to to operating in this type of relationship? A lot of people who end up here are pretty high performers that have gotten used to the word yes and not very comfortable with the word no. So they're taking on a lot, which just crowds their days. They make it so busy all the time that they're waiting for this future day that I can rest, I can reconnect. Um, in the future, at retirement, right? Things will be better. Um, but those days are just so far out that they don't really get the opportunity to enjoy the present. I see this a lot in 
children who grow up in families who have a high level of kind of ethics or morals or values to marriage or relationships or life, which can lead to some pretty healthy relational dynamics. But also within these families, there's an air of kind of perfectionism or you have to never disappoint someone. You can never offend someone or criticize someone. So they tend to be like you described, people pleasers, or they say yes a lot, and it floods. I, I kind of describe this idea of having all these doors open to your house where everyone can put something in your house whenever they want. They can kind of throw in words or ideas or, or expectations, and we don't know how to close those doors. And we learn that as children, especially if we have this this environment where we have to be on or we have to look good and say no um, is actually disrespectful to people around us. So as we've talked about, there's a level of normal things that end up creating that wedge between us, right? It could be uh, the presence of young children that just make life really busy. It could be uh, moving homes or um, change to jobs. But there are a bit more like abnormal changes that create a wedge as well. Some of those could be the traumatic loss of a family member, the loss of a child, that we're both just experience this really difficult thing. And it creates that wedge in a relationship that we don't know how to reconnect. And then there's other things as well of we call them gridlock issues, right? So a gridlock issue is both people in a relationship have a very differing opinion that compromise physically isn't possible. Right. So gridlock issue would be one person wants to uh, stay in this home and the other person wants to move. We can't both win. Right. One person wants to have another child. The other person doesn't. And so we start to view the other person as the enemy rather than being on the same team. Mm. That's a really good point. And going back to what you described within these kind of traumatic environments, trauma is an opportunity for connection and closeness and intimacy to work through that pain. But oftentimes what we see in relationships is trauma can actually split a couple or a relationship and cause them to deal with their pain in very different ways and to grieve in very different ways and oftentimes feel very lonely in that grief. Um, so trauma, whether it's a loss of a child or a divorce or substance abuse in the family can actually create that wedge rather than pull couples together. As we described on every type though, there are some drawbacks to this type. There are some complexities to this type, but there are also some really amazing benefits and strengths to this type. Let's name a couple of those. Yeah, I'd say first and foremost is these relationships have a very strong foundation to them. They have a history of a lot of good times and a lot of commitment as a result. So they have the capacity to get back to where they once were, right? They really have the tools and means um, because there was such health originally. Mm. Yeah, they have a great foundation to work off of, but they've lost a sense of where that foundation is. And one of the other strengths that I see is that they're very open to possibilities and opportunities in the world because of their ability to say yes to a lot of things and do a lot of side-by-side -side work. They, they have very creative kind of opportunities they find themselves in, or they can get up and just move to a new place or be pretty spontaneous as a couple, which is a gift, which is a benefit. With that, let's talk a little bit about some of the drawbacks to this type or the shadow sides. One of the things that I tend to see the most often is partners being rigid to the fact that their partner is not the same person they were 10 years ago. 
right? Naturally, over time, we change, we grow, right? We either have changes in our belief system or the desires and goals we have for ourselves. They morph over time. And pretty often in these relationships, that lack of closeness is from the standpoint of my partner is who they used to be rather than recognizing I'm, I'm married or I'm working with someone that is not the exact same person that they once were. Mm. And that can be a lot of grief associated with that or confusion or loss, especially if you've learned to love someone who's a certain way. And then they've either shifted both, you know, they've acquired faith or they've lost faith or they've acquired new passions or interests or they've lost passions or interests. It can be very difficult to learn how to love that person, especially if we're in the past on, well, I loved the person I met 10 years ago, but I haven't learned to love this new person who's developed and evolved within this relationship. And that can create a lot of loneliness. And oftentimes, the other thing that I see is that this couple actually struggles to manage those stressors of life because they say yes so often and because they don't know how to say no. All that stress and overwhelm come inside the home and there's oftentimes a lot of anger or rigidity or chaos in the home. Even though they don't want there to be that, they don't know how to say no outside of the home. So they bring all that baggage home and it creates that wedge and disruption between their kids and between them as a couple. So with that, how do we move towards a sense of wholeness in this type of relationship? First and foremost is beginning to rediscover what it means to be a team, right? We're not on separate sides. And so in order to get to that place, we need to work to rediscover the present day self, right? Who am I today that I wasn't 10 years ago? And doing the same thing for our partner, right? Who is the present day person that is next to me? rather than living in the assumption that they are the exact same and I can't handle the fact that they would be someone different. Yeah, and with that, actually coming together as a couple or as a team, as partners or co-founders or team members, and using this term that I call externalizing this problem, which is if we see a stressor at work, or a issue within a, f a family member will oftentimes bring that problem and set it right in between the couple and start fighting each other as if each other is the enemy like you've described. And when we externalize the problem, it's like sticking that couple in a snow globe, right? It's like this own private world with this glass you know, bubble around it and seeing the problem outside of that. So the couple comes together and says, how are we going to work together as a team to fight against the anxiety, to fight against the financial stress, to fight against that toxic team member or family member? Not how are we going to attack each other, but how are we going to do this as a team? So it's coming back to some of those foundational roots on we are here for each other. We love each other. We care about each other. Now, how do we work well together as a team? Yeah, and that, that naturally requires the level of boundary around the relationship, right? That glass covering is partially learning to say yes to what's really important, but also learning how to say no to things that are not essential anymore. And so that's both on an individual level, but then also as a partnership as well of what road really do we want to travel on and can we agree on it together and everything else we just say no to. And that is not easy for someone who tends to be a people pleaser or tends to just pack their schedule um, 
and just always saying yes. So if you're a leader listening to this episode and you feel like this describes perfectly your relationships in your life, maybe your relationship with a spouse or a partner or a co-founder or team member, it's important to do some work and apply some of these wholeness principles that we've talked about. We also have, Kim, we brought you on as our team to be our relational coach and our leadership coach as well to help individuals work through this on themselves personally on how to rediscover their own passions and get clarity around what matters most to them and learn how to say no in life, but also as a couple to learn how to do this together as as a team with some of your relational coaching that you do. So if you want to get in touch with Kim, you can reach out to her at Kim at PursueWhole.com. You can also look back at some of the other types that we've described that more codependent or avoidant type in our episodes before. And just a reminder to stay tuned because on the last episode of this four-part series, we are going to flesh out what it really looks like to be a whole relationship. What are the dynamics of that? What are the features of that? And how do we get there and build awareness of when we get off track and how to get back on track in our relationship? So stay tuned for more. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Pursue Whole podcast. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, links, and show notes, visit PursueWhole.com and click podcast. Before we go, it would be extremely helpful if you would please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you find this podcast. This helps me understand my audience better and serve more leaders such as yourself. That's it for me this week. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or other social platforms, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Pursue Whole podcast. Pursue Whole.